A man was watching a fisherman on a bank. The fisherman caught a giant brown trout, but threw it back into the river. Next, the fisherman hooked a huge pike and threw it back too. Finally, the fisherman caught a little bass. He smiled and put the little bass in his bag. Hey, yelled the man who was watching. Why'd you throw back that giant trout and that huge pike and keep that little bass? Fisherman yelled back. Small frying pan. You're listening to the Smackdown Outdoors podcast. This episode is brought to you by AllIceFishing.com. AllIceFishing.com. Hey, everybody, don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hey, what's up, everybody? Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We, uh, we are, well, I am by myself today. Because I decided, you know what, I'm going to just do a short episode for Christmas Eve day. Um, you know, I know everybody's busy this week and, you know, don't have the time to listen to a two-hour podcast. But we're going to do, well, I am going to do the same things as typical. You know, we'll do the State Fish and the Hall of Fame and some news items. And, and uh, we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. But yeah, I decided we'll just do a short one. If it's a half hour, it's a half hour. If it's, you know, 45 minutes or whatever, whatever it turns out to be. But we're going to do some news. And I suppose I can tell you guys a little bit how my first couple days on the ice have gone. Because I don't think I've done that quite yet. So um, let's see. Make sure you guys do subscribe. Go to the Facebook page and like. This is where I'm just going to pimp everything for a second here. So go to the Facebook page and everything. If you just search Smackdown Outdoors Podcast, it's there. It's easy to get to. So go to the Facebook. Give that a like. And I've got a Facebook group that starting sometime in January, we're actually going to give you the ability to listen to this live as we record it. It won't have the beginning music and all that stuff. You'll just kind of hear us from when we start talking. Um, but yeah, it'll just be one more way to listen to the, sh- to the episodes. And I figured, why not? Let's go live. Let, let the people hear it as it happens. And, you know, some people listen to it that way. Some people won't. It doesn't matter. That's okay. Listen to it however you want. Just make sure that you're liking and subscribing. And, you know, leave, us some re- leave me some, uh, some reviews if you don't like the show, that's okay. You can still leave a one star. Just tell me why and be nice. Be cr- well, you don't have to be nice, but be, uh, uh, well, be an adult about it, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so head over to the Facebook page, give that a like, and then look for the group page, give that a like, uh, or ask to join that group, and we'll accept you more than likely. And then we are on all the, you know, social media stuff, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we are on Snapchat, too. I'll be honest, I don't do much on those other ones because I don't have many people on there yet. Um, which I know I probably should do more because that'll give more people a reason to go over there. But I'm only one man doing this entire thing. I can only do so many things. Okay. And Tony, the intern, he's, yeah, he's worthless. I wish he was here in the big chair. And that way I could tell him that to his face. But he knows it. 
He's worthless. Worst intern ever. Kidding, Tony. You're awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's start out. So, yeah, go ahead. Like, subscribe to everywhere that you're listening to it, the Facebook page and all that jazz. Um, we're also, you know, if you guys want to share your your pictures and um, stories and videos and whatnot to the page, that'd be cool. You know, you can do that as well. So, well, let's get started here with the state fish. And we're actually, because of the way we record the shows, we're kind of off in the order. But today we're doing the state fish of Connecticut. I know you guys haven't even heard the state fish of California, Colorado yet, but that's okay. It's not a big deal. I can do what I want. It's my show. Get over it. (laughs) So the state fish of Connecticut is the American Shad. And this is where I wish there was a guest in studio, also known as Alosa Sapodissima. I don't know if that's right or not. Nobody cares. That's why we have fun. So the American Shad, Alosa Sapodissima, is a species of Anadromous clupeid fish naturally distributed in on the North American coast of the North Atlantic from Newfoundland all the way down to Florida and as an introduced species on the North Pacific coast. The American shad is not closely related to the other North American shads. Rather, it seems to form a lineage that diverged from a common ancestor of the European taxa before it diversified. I don't know what what that sentence means, but that's okay. The American shad has been described as the fish that fed the American nation's founders. Adult shad weigh between three and eight pounds, and have then they have a delicate flavor when cooked. It is considered flavorful enough not to require sauces, herbs, or spices. Uh, let's see. It can be boiled, filleted, filleted and fried in butter or baked. Traditionally, a little vinegar is sprinkled over it on the plate. In the eastern United States, roe shads, or the ladies, the females, are prized because of their eggs. Their eggs are considered a delicacy. The name shad derives from the Old English scad, meaning herring. It is a cognate to Irish, Welsh, and Scottish Gaelic words for herring. So there you go, the American shad, basically a bait fish. (laughs) Kind of, sort of, bait fish. I don't know. And that is on the Wikipedia page. Uh, You guys want to know about the life history at all? Uh, Spends most of its time in the Atlantic Ocean. But then swims up freshwaters, rivers to spawn. There you go. Uh, nutritional information, we'll give you a little bit. Very high in omega-3. There you go. That's all you need to know. There's all sorts of stuff you can read about it. But it is the American shad. Basically, just looks like any other shad. Uh, the watercolor of an American shad by Sherman F. Denton in 1904. Nobody's got like an actual picture of this thing. Oh, well. So that's your uh, state fish of Connecticut is the American shad. Interesting. Now, let's go over to the Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame in Little Falls for the Master Angler Award. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What do we got here? We've got Emily McCarter. Emily McCarter. McCarter. Emily McCarter did on July 2nd. 2018, caught and released by Sport Fishing Method from Minnesota Waters, a 18-inch bass, largey, largemouth, 
and is hereby recognized as an official Minnesota Master Angler. Uh, young Emily looks, I don't know, 10-ish, 12, something like that. Young young lady. Um, in Scott County on Pryor Lake, she caught this 18, 18-inch largemouth bass. She released it. The catch story was Emily was fishing with a jumbo leech under a bobber. She was catching many, many nice fish when she landed this largest, this healthier, this what? She was catching many nice fish when she landed the landed the largest, this healthy eighteen incher. It was a great morning. Nice, congratulations, Emily. Brad McCarter, I'm guessing that's her dad. He's the witness. So it's a very nice fish, eighteen incher. And remember the kids, master anglers. So all you adults out there that are like, an 18-inch fish gets you Master Angler Award? Please, I catch those all the time. Yeah, well, that's she's a kid. She gets 18. You get 21 inches on this program. So, ha-ha. Yep, got to go. The, adult, the kids are different than the adults, which is fine. Which is fine. Which is how it should be, I guess. Don't bother me none. So that is your Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame from Little Falls. Master Angler Award. And here's, uh, actually, we're going to stay here at the Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame because, 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 let me see if they have it up yet. I want to see something here. I thought they did. Yes. If you remember all the way back to the very first episode, very first episode, we had Mr. Greg Fisher from Vado's Bait and Tackle on the program and we talked about the bait shop the history of the bait shop and we talked about you know minnows leeches crawlers you know a little bit of everything well guess what vados bait and tackle is now uh inducted into the minnesota fishing hall of fame that is right uh, for immediate release, Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame and the 19, 2019 inductions, they have four individuals and two organizations will be enshrined by the Fishing Hall of Fame in Minnesota. Uh, er, let me read that again. For uh, Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame 2019 inductees, Four individuals and two organizations will be enshrined by the Fishing Hall of Fame of Minnesota in 2019. Inductees in the individual legends category include outdoor sportsperson, TV host, columnist, and writer Anne Orth, legendary Lake Winnebagosh fishing guide Ron Hunter, Greater Brainerd Lakes area guide, promoter, and tournament winner J.R. Coop Cooper. I know JR. What up, Coop? And pioneer guide and mentor to angling legends, Harry Van Doren. Harry Van Doren. I don't know if anybody really knows who he is because he's an old. Uh, looks like he was. Uh, he began guiding at 11 years old in 1920. <laughs> so I don't know who he is. Sorry. <laughs> You gotta be an old one to know that one. Um, let's see. Women Anglers of Minnesota, that organization is going to be inducted. And Vados Bait and Tackle 
will join the ranks of legendary organizations. So Greg Fisher and Eric Stokes and the whole Vado's bait and tackle, um, yeah, they're getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, which is cool. Let's read their little thing. Vado's bait and tackle has been in business since 47. Family owned and operated every day of its existence. Greg Fisher and Eric Stokes, Stokes purchased the bait and tackle store in June of 2000. Um, Vado's bait and tackle has always strived to be the best in baits from the land of lakes. I've never heard him say that. I guess I'm going to have to give him a little crap about that. <laughs> Best in baits from the land of lakes. I need to write that down. And I go, what's up, fellas? How's my how's my uh, best in baits from the land of lakes doing? I like that saying. I got to get him. I'm thinking, hmm. Maybe I want to start a GoFundMe to get a sign that says that. Then we can put it up at the shop. That'd be cool. Let's see. They wanted to be the they wanted the best selection, which they do have, and the best quality live bait, which they do have, on the planet, which pretty darn close. I don't know anybody better around my neck of the woods. For the last 69 years, Vados has been selling premium live bait and tackle in the Twin Cities and on and their current location since 1950. If you go back to the first episode, you'll hear Greg explain a lot about that, about the history and how it moved and who had it and this and that and the other. It was, it's pretty cool, pretty cool episode. I'll admit, it's not the most exciting episode. I will admit that, but there's so much information. I figured, where do you start fishing? You know, how do you start fishing? Well, you go to the bait shop and you get your bait. Let's start the first episode going to the bait shop, getting bait. There you go. That's how that came about. Uh, let's see. Official enshrinement coincides with the Northwest Sports Show and is planned for Friday, March 22nd, 2019 at the Millennium Hotel near the Minneapolis Convention Center. For details, visit the Fishing Hall of Fame, MN.com. So, yeah, so congratulations to the boys at Vado's Bait and Tackle. Greg and Eric, they're a great place. Um, they're making it into the Hall of Fame along with the women anglers of Minnesota. Harry, <clears throat> sorry, Harry Von Doren, J.R. Coop, Ron Hunter, and Ann Orth. If you guys want to read about that, just head over to fishinghalloffamemn.com. That's where you can get all that stuff. So, what else they got here? Yep. So, yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of a news of the week, too. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Those guys, they do an excellent job. And, uh, yeah, they deserve your business. They do, for sure. All right. So, now that we got the, let's see, we got the, the, the state fish. It's kind of weird. I'm doing this by myself. I'm like, what do I do next? State fish, master angler, a little bit of news of the week there. Now let's head over to the actual news of the week, I guess. It's time for the SmackDown Outdoors News of the Week. Uh, let's see. This I don't understand. Um, I mean, I do, but I don't. New herd of elk could be reintroduced to to, uh, to northeastern Minnesota. So new herd of elk could be reintroduced to northeastern Minnesota. What about our moose population? What about the elk herd we already got here? Why don't we try to grow those instead of bringing something else to the area i don't know there's an effort gaining steam to potentially reintroduce elk to the northeastern part of minnesota minnesota public radio reported that university of minnesota research illustrates nearly 80 percent of rural landowners and residents support restoring elk to the area university of minnesota has spent the last three years observing potential elk habit habit or observing potential habitat for elk now, this is, 
I just got up like an hour ago, so I'm still kind of waking up. Sorry. Uh, Fort Elk in northeastern Minnesota, the Cloquet Valley Forest, north of Duluth, Duluth, the Fond du Lac State Forest, and Indian Reservation near Cloquet and the Namaji State Forest near the Wisconsin border. Public support is vital because the state passed a law in 2016 barring the expansion of elk in northwestern Minnesota. Why did we do that? Why did we do that? Why did we stop the expansion of elk in northwestern Minnesota? They don't say. Okay, I guess whatever. That's what I don't understand. Why did... Why not put that in here explaining that? Because here I am going, well, why don't we try to expand the current elk herd we, ha- uh, elk herd we have now? And, you know, I can't read in about everything when it comes to outdoors. I just don't have that much time. So tell us, why not? Uh, without enough public support, the idea would probably be dead in the water, said Mike Scratch, wildlife biologist with the Fond du Lac Band. It would be difficult to successfully turn loose a big hairy animal like Sasquatch, like an elk on the landscape without support from the public and the landowners for doing it. The three state forest researchers uh, are studying all included areas that are logged for aspen trees. Yeah. Are studying all include. Oh, the three state forests researcher. God, I can't read this morning. The three state forest researchers are studying all include areas that are logged for aspen trees. That creates a lot of new habitat for young aspen trees, which provide ideal forage for elk. But what about when the trees get bigger? Hmm? Yeah. Anyway, uh, they like aspen. They like grass, but they can eat a lot of different things. I'm sure they can. Said Scratch, I'm pretty confident in the end we will find that there's enough habitat. It's just quantifying where it is and how much of it there is. Maybe that's why they're no longer trying to expand the elk herd in the northwestern part of the state because there's not enough habitat. Mm, Okay. But what about the moose? Scratch says the earliest Minnesotans would likely see a new herd of elk on the landscape three or four years from now. So in 2021, something like that. But yeah, so what are we doing about the moose? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. We'll bring another big, big, hairy animal into the area. Just one more thing to compete with the moose. Do they not like moose in this state? I'm kind of confused. I don't know. Um, let's. <laughs> okay. So I want to. I want to buy this judge a drink. I'm sure you guys have all probably heard about it now, but it happened on the 18th. This this came out by the Associated Press. Minnesota, Minnesota, nope. Missouri deer poacher ordered to repeatedly watch Bambi. <laughs> you poach some deer, watch Bambi. Um, Ozarks, Missouri. A Missouri poacher has been ordered to repeatedly watch the movie Bambi as a part of his sentence in a scheme to illegally kill hundreds of deer. You're a son of a bitch and a worthless human being there. It, that's what it said in the story. I'm just reading it. 
Uh, David Barry Jr. was ordered to watch the Disney classic at least once a month during his year-long sentence in what conservation agents have called one of the largest deer poaching cases in state history, the Springfield News Leader reports. Remember, this is in Missouri. Uh, the deer were trophy bucks. The deer were trophy bucks taken illegally, mostly at night. Well, of course they were. For their heads, leaving the bodies of the deer to waste. To waste, just like this piece of crap guy that shot him. He's a waste as well. Um, said Don Trotter, the prosecuting attorney in Lawrence County. Barry, his father, his two brothers, and a man who helped them. Oh, it's a family tradition. Jesus Christ. What? Why? Just uh, who helped them had their hunting, fishing, and trapping privileges revoked temporarily or permanently. The men have paid a combined fifty-one thousand in fines, not high enough, and a court costs and court costs. But the judge ordered a special edition to Barry's sentence for illegally taking wildlife. Yeah, take him outside and put him in a bull pen and or a bull uh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, court records show he was ordered by Lawrence County Judge Robert George to view the Walt Disney movie Bambi with the first viewing being on or before December 23rd. Oh, that's today, 2018. Hey, have you watched it yet, buddy? Have you? Hmm. And at least one such viewing each month thereafter while in the county jail. This is so funny. Uh, Barry was also sentenced to 120 days in jail in nearby Benton County for firearms pro probation violation. Oh, he's a winner all over the place. His father, David Barry Sr., and his brother, Kyle Barry, were arrested in August. Of course they were. After a nearly a nine-month investigation. Oh, this is the same thing. That also involved cases. And all oh, these guys are just winners. Here we go. After a nine-month investigation that also involved cases in Kansas, Nebraska, and Canada. Yep. Ran out of big bucks to illegally shoot in Missouri, did you? The Missouri Department of Conservation said information from the investigation led to 14 Missouri residents facing more than 230 charges in 11 counties. Holy Jesus. Everybody down there is killing people or killing too many animals legally or killing them, whatever. Yeah. 14 residents. Jesus. Investigators say David Barry Sr.'s other son, Eric Barry, was later caught and with another person spotlighting deer. <laughs> where poachers using, where poachers use light at night to make deer paws and easier to hunt. Easier to hunt. Yeah, it's not hunting. Don't call it hunting. The investigation into berries began in the, into the berries began in 15, 2015. Oh, nice. So it took them three years to get them finally. When the conservation agency received an anonymous tip about deer poaching in Lawrence County. <sighs> so, yeah. I don't even know. I mean, other than the whole Bambi thing, that's freaking hilarious. Here, poaching deer, you get to watch Bambi once a month. I'd have made him once a week. Or just have it on a continuous loop in his jail cell. Just all the horrible songs that are probably in that movie. I haven't watched that movie in forever. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. And I probably won't ever watch it again. I got no reason to. I don't have kids. Um, yeah, as far as the... Like what those guys did. 
I just, once again, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you do things like this. Just to have them on your wall? Just so when people come over, you can go, oh, man. Look at all these deer I done shot. Somebody's going to figure it out. Somebody's going to figure it out. I don't know. Or are they just sticking it to the man? You know, they got a problem with authority. So they just go, you can't tell me how many deer I can kill. It's not like they're killing does and eating them. That I can kind of understand. Honestly, I can kind of understand that. Maybe not when you're shooting a, a ton of them. But, hey... I, you know, not that I'm saying it's okay, but these guys, I mean, they go to Kansas, they go to Nebraska and Canada. So they're not, they're not just doing it around their house. You know, they're not like, oh, hey, is the freezer low? Yeah. Okay. We see a doe in the backyard. We shoot the doe. We cut it up, put it in the freezer. Okay. Not saying that you should do that, but it's more understandable than just shooting bucks. I don't get it. Don't get it. You guys are losers. You're losers. Losers. Plain and simple losers. And you just, you know, here's the thing. And here's the problem is that they don't, they don't give these guys enough time in jail, enough fines. Guys like this should never, ever, ever get their hunting, their fishing, their trapping, anything, nothing for life done. Because these are the jackasses that get the antis, that give the antis more ammunition to run their mouths on Facebook and all that stuff. These guys should never be allowed ever, ever to hunt, to fish, to trap, to do anything like that again. Ever. Done. Done. Every single one of them. Because this isn't just, I shot a deer, okay, and then, you know, it, it ran off and I thought, you know, you accidentally shot a second deer or whatever. You shot two deer because they're standing broadside together and one bullet went through with the other one, whatever. This isn't a little mistake, you know. This isn't, you didn't tag the deer until you got home or, you know, I don't know. This isn't a little mistake. This is blatant poaching and you should never be you should not be able to take advantage of our outdoors ever again as far as, you know, hunting and fishing and trapping and all stuff. You want to go on a nature hike? Go ahead. Stay away from the animals. These guys should never ever be able to hunt or fish again. Period. Period. They don't need to. It's a it's a privilege that we get to do this. It's a privilege that we get to hunt, we get to fish. Okay. Technically, it should be a God-given right, of course. We should be able to just do whatever we want to survive. But since we have grocery stores, I've covered this before, we don't need to hunt and fish for food. Okay. But these jackasses... These guys should never be able to do it again, period. 
any of them, all 14 of the Missouri residents that face more than 230 charges in 11 counties. It ain't an accident. It's purposely done, period. Don't give me the crap about, oh, I need food, you know, food. No, you don't. You're doing this on purpose. You're a piece of crap. You need to watch Bambi on repeat for the rest of your life. Done. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, there you go. Some jackass gets to watch Bambi once a month for a while. <laughs> I don't know. God. All right. Let's move on here. Let me just check something. All right. The DNR, the Minnesota DNR, proposes to strengthen boot. Let me start over. DNR proposes to strengthen bear hunting to sample requirement. All right. The Minnesota DNR. Bear hunters who are successful in 2019 and after that would be required to submit a booth, a bear, they put bear and tooth way too close together, a bear tooth sample to be eligible for the upcoming year's bear hunting license lottery under a new rule proposed by the MNDNR. The DNR has for many years required bear hunters to submit a bear tooth sample in response to low compliance, although, however, the agencies two years ago... The agency two years ago began mailing letters reminding hunters to send the samples. Uh huh. The proposed rule would give bear hunters an incentive to follow the legal requirement, and the DNR would stop sending them letters. Um, so basically, they're going to, when you kill a bear, you're going to have to send in a tooth sample. That way, they can do a bunch of research and figure out how many bears there are, how old the bears are, um, you know, all that stuff. And if you want any, let's see, a copy of the draft rules and more information about how to comment is available online at mndnr.gov slash input slash rules slash wildlife. So, yeah, so that's what that's all about. So if you get successfully drawn um, for a bear tag... And you kill a bear, make sure that you do that bear tooth sample. So, yeah.
All right. Okay, so that's enough for your news of the week. So how has my ice fishing season gone so far? A tale of two stories, for sure. Uh, the first weekend, I went out with my buddy Tom, and we went up to the Leech Lake area because he just moved up there, and he doesn't know area real well for fishing he moved up there from Brainerd and uh you know so he knew Mille Lacs he knew all a bunch of little lakes and stuff we had some good lakes around there but he moved up to Leech and we're like let's go exploring I'm always down for that you know let's go try new stuff we could have gone to Leech we probably could have caught some walleyes you know but it's you know let's go find some new bodies of water that we've never fished Let's go try a bunch of little bodies of water. You know, the ones that are, you know, you kind of drive by them and you go, man, there might not be anything even in there. It might only be three feet deep. You know, we did try some some bigger, you know, known lakes and whatnot, but, uh, well, not bigger known lakes, but, you know, you normal sized lakes that there were definitely some traffic on. And uh, we went to a total, I think, of six different bodies of water and we fished. I think we fished four of them. One was just way too big, and we were walking. And we're both too fat to be walking a mile, (laughs) walking too far. So we're like, nah, we'll try that one later. But uh, we found a couple that were worthless. We found a couple that have definitely some potential. You know, we we fished fished one that... uh, I think it has some really good potential. It just it's just going to be finding out the bite window. You know, are is it a daytime bite? Is it a morning? Is it an evening? Is it an overnight thing? You know, we've got a lake that we fish that literally when the sun goes down, uh, basically all night long, you can sit there and catch nine, ten inch bluegills and crappies that are you know anywhere from 10 to 13, 14 inches uh, all night long. And it's funny because they come through about every 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, they'll come through, not in giant packs, it's just kind of like roaming fish all over the place. And about every 10 to 15 minutes, all of a sudden the fish will come in and you'll catch it. I mean, when they they're when you find out how to catch them, you know, figure out what triggers them to, to eat, they eat. And it's all, and it's the same type of bite, very subtle movements, either a small tungsten jig, or a uh, one of my favorite for the bluegills is actually the sliver spoon, a very very small, the smallest size sliver spoon, which unfortunately, um, due to the cost of tungsten, isn't being made anymore. So if you find them, buy them. Um, but fish come in. You drop the lure down and, you know, right over their head. Just give it the ever so slightest little bounce and just keep lifting it, you know, very slowly until they bite. Um, But that's what we're kind of looking for out on these other lakes. These little lakes we went searching for, you know, searching for different stuff was just to get out, try new lakes, try to figure out, you know, what's in the lake. Um, You know, find the active fish, catch a few active fish and move on. And we found a couple lakes that, that have some pretty good potential. And then uh, we found some others that didn't have any potential at all. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, nope. We came up to one, and not that we searched around the entire lake, but you know, we covered, I don't know, a, a good enough area of it to 
kind of determine whether or not it was you know worth coming back or not and it was four inch sunfish four inch sunfish oh my god did you just catch a five inch sunfish i mean it was horrible and i mean i had the aquaview out there looking looking for weeds looking for this looking for that and the only thing in the weeds was the little tiny thing so it might have been a freeze out situation uh because it's not a very deep lake so it might have gotten frozen out um which really isn't always a bad thing because if you get a lake that's overpopulated it freezes out a bunch of the fish die which leaves room for the survivors to grow so who knows maybe that's that'll be that you know the case there um We'll probably try it again once we can get the wheeler out there. The ice when we were out there just wasn't quite thick enough to really get a wheeler out, so we were kind of limited into how much we were going to cover uh, just by walking. So once we get the wheeler out there, we'll be able to really you know pick apart a lake a lot a lot easier, a lot quicker, and uh, do some more searching up there. But we found one one lake in particular that we got a 14 inch. Tom pulled out a 14 or 14 and a quarter inch crappie so it uh it shows some promise and it's not a very big lake at all it's just one of them little potholes that you just kind of go man i don't know might be some stuff in there let's see and it turned out that yes yes there was some fish so yeah we just went out and basically just tried new lakes which i always like doing it's like you know i can go to the same lake over and over and over again you know, I can go to Malax and I can sit there and I can catch 20 to 28 inch fish over and over and over and take pictures and put them on Facebook. Yay. Well, yeah, okay, what's the fun in that doing that over and over and over? I'll go to Malax, you know, probably twice this year, once for sure. And I'll go stay out of Appledorns. I love that place. Good people. Um, but. You know, it's not somewhere where it's like, I'm going to go catch a bunch of fish over and over and over and over and over. And I'd rather go explore to find those gems because out of those hundred, hundred little lakes you try, you might only find one. But that one is going to be a gem. A gem. Done it before. And it turned, you know, and that, and then you don't tell anybody about it because guess what? That gem won't turn into it. It won't be a gem anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that was the first weekend. First time, first trip I went out there, we were out there for two days, bouncing around, and uh, had a good time. You know, it's always a good time hanging out, just being out in a new area. We did a lot of driving. Um, did a lot of driving. And then, yeah, basically just went out, man, explored, did a whole lot of nothing. This is weird being by myself. I'm used to so used to talking to somebody. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, all right, so then my second, second weekend was was that last weekend or the weekend before it might have been last weekend um yeah not much to talk about there <laughs> we went out on a tip-up party and i was with what do we have 10 people out 11 people we had 11 people out there and we had 21 tip-ups and we had three hits all day it was bad <laughs> It was bad. Uh, we had an iFish Pro that wasn't set up correctly. Not mine. Intern. <clears throat> um, so that one hit and almost threw the rod in the hole. Almost lost the rod on that one. So there was one hit that we missed. And the second one, uh, apparently the fish was so big and, and so nasty 
It actually straightened out the hook, and they didn't get the fish. So, yeah. The third one, I can't remember. I just don't think it was a... They, don't, they hooked it right or whatever, but uh, that was basically it all day. I did grab uh, grab the rod and reel for a, a quick little bit, hole hopped around, caught a couple sunfish and a perch or two just to say I didn't get skunked for the day. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of lackluster. Um, it was a good time, though. I mean, we had, we had a ball, you know, everybody just out there hanging out, talking, you know, whatever. So I can't say I didn't have fun. And that's the thing. We went out basically got skunked but we had fun you know that's what it's about um and then the next day i went over to a lake not too far from me here um i have a feeling that the landowners decided to spray for weeds this year because it was weird out in front of all the houses where there's typically weeds there were none there were none and there were no fish because those fish they congregate in those weeds and you can catch the fish weeds were gone fish were gone and part of the lake you couldn't go over and explore the other part i wanted to explore or go to because uh <laughs> we'll just say it only froze over within a couple days so it was not safe ice so that was that was that um i was actually going to go out today and do some fishing, but the dog decided to wake me up at 4.30, let her out, fed her, I went back to bed going, oh, I'll get an hour of sleep in, and then I woke up at like 8 o'clock, <laughs> and I got a bunch of stuff to do around the house here, and I needed to do a podcast for tomorrow, or today, if you're listening to this on the 24th, um, yeah, so... I'm going to get some stuff done around the house today, I guess. And then, unfortunately, as you're listening to this, yes, I did have to work on the 24th. <laughs> it was fun. But I just want to tell everybody, we'll just wrap this up here. This is long enough. Hopefully I didn't bore you too badly. But I uh, just want to let everybody know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We will be having an episode on the 31st, whether I just do another one of these or we actually release the next full episode. I'm not sure yet. We'll kind of see. I don't want to, you know, people are going to be out doing stuff. And uh, we've got, uh, I believe, we've got Mr. Mike Coldfront Curry. Yes, Mike Coldfront Curry on the next episode. And we talk about... Um, getting kids involved in the outdoors, um, you know, getting more people involved in the outdoors. And uh, it's a good episode. It's a good episode. It, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to a little bit. So it's a good one to listen to. Um, whether or not I release that one on the 31st or I don't know, whatever that next Monday is, the 7th, couldn't tell you. I'll figure it out on the 31st <laughs> or the whatever. So, um, yeah. So make sure you guys subscribe, like, share, all that stuff, comment, you know, on all the different places. And uh, until then, I guess I will see you all next time. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the episode. Hope I didn't bore you too much all by my lonesome. That was kind of weird. I felt so lost. <laughs> I'm so lost. Anyway. Thanks to AllIceFishing.com. They are the sponsor of this show. If you're looking to save 10 to 20% off of all your ice fishing stuff like apparel, augers, fish house electronics, fish house accessories, 
hole covers and sleeves, ice fishing accessories, portable shacks, rattle reels, tip-ups, rods and reels. This is where you go. They even got cool stuff like the fly line that you put on your rattle reel. I know a lot of guys that use that fly line, and they really, really like it. So they got stuff like that. Um, They got line alarms, which is kind of cool. Check those out. Northern Lights rattle reels even. I'm just kind of going through some stuff here. What do they got for bibs, coats, and parkas? They got uh, Vexlar, Eskimo, Clam, uh, Fishing Electronics. They got Garmin, Panoptics, Ice Bundle. Ooh, for all you guys that are looking at that one. Uh, Markham. And, of course, they got the Hummingbird Helix 7. They got Vexlar 28s. They got Aquaviews now. They got Markham Showdowns. Man, they are. Man, they got a lot of stuff on here. They got the shuttle, the Markham shuttle on here. They got Lake Master chips. This stuff's all brand new. I had no idea they even had it until right now. They got the monopod for your Aquaview. They got all sorts of different transducers for hummingbirds, Markhams, Vex. Uh, But yeah, they got Lake Master chips. Uh, Let's see. What else do they got? Let's see what they got new in augers. Uh, Well, they got Strike Masters, all sorts of different Strike Masters, Ions. K-drills, Eskimo pistol bit, clam plates, um, extensions, blades. They are adding stuff all the time. All the time. They got bunk rails and ladders from K&S. Let's see. They got uh, hole lights for your portable or your permanent, I should say. Um, They got all sorts of stuff. They keep adding stuff all the time, so that's why I kind of like going through here. Uh, when you guys are on, that way it's like, ooh, it's brand new and I had no idea. They got a bunch of different Eskimo and clam pop-ups, uh, different accessories for all your portable houses. So, yeah, man, go check them out. AllIceFishing.com. Save that 10 to 20% off of your big box store prices. Great company, great family, Minnesota family, and I've known them for a while. So, yeah, I was going to help them promote this with or without the podcast. Doesn't matter. So check them out. Allicefishing.com is the website and Facebook page, allicefishing.com. Check them out, allicefishing.com. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Once again, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.